Hello, everybody, and welcome to another amazing episode of the Happy Hour with Ariel and Deuce. And I'm live here at Huracan, and I have a very special guest with us. Is this your first time being on the show, Eric? Second. We talked Second. about a con with Scott and um, okay. Glenn that time at the, okay. at the Guild. Oh, the, oh uh-huh. yes. That I remember that. That was a great conversation because <laughs> we got in trouble with that conversation, if I remember correctly. A little bit. Uh, yeah, because it was uh, – guys, just so you know, this this is my good buddy Eric, a.k.a. Mr. Cupcake from the Just Dice League. No, I remember that night vividly because we did the podcast. It was me, you, Scott, Glenn, and, like, it took, like, the whole night. And she was like, I thought you guys were going to be gone, like, 30 minutes. And circa three hours later, and God knows how many beers we killed, like, she's like, you, you we got stuff to do. Hey. <laughs> The part I remember is I you made a joke yeah. and then I kind of retorted back. Yeah. And we just moved on. We didn't yeah. go back. Apparently later she came to me and she's like, you should have told me that was said. And I was like, I don't remember it was just one of those I was uh, Yeah, off color jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was a funny exchange person. Yeah. <laughs> well and that's the funny thing with podcasting. That's why you kinda gotta be careful a little bit. That's why our lawyers make us throw allegedly in there so much, is because like you mm-hmm. never know when somebody's gonna take something out of context. I mean Oh, and you know, nowadays with the liability, like live they can turn anything into liable. So it's yeah, no, it, it, it was a great conversation. Oh yeah. It was oh man, it was fun because I think we did like two or three episodes that night back when the the uh, Lakeland role playing guild was mm-hmm. still alive and well. Mm-hmm. Do you let me ask you a question since I've got you on the air, and feel free to say pass if, if you don't feel comfortable answering. Do you think there's any way, maybe not even it run as the way it was, but some sort of something like that happens again in Lakeland? I think so. Um, what's encouraging is um, a shameless plug or free plug, whatever. There's a new game shop in South Lakeland there. Mm-hmm. Um, HP Guild Games, HP Guild, something. Anyway, I haven't heard about it, but it's great that one's open. His venue is fantastic. Um, okay. I played, I did a demo of X Wing there uh, with my buddy Jeff. He's got like five, six tables, or yeah. he's probably close to like six or eight tables. Um, set up, nice gaming area. Yeah. Um, his big issue is staff. Uh, he's oh, got to okay. build up an audience, or excuse me, a customer base before he can maybe bring anybody on and stay right, open right. later. Yeah. I think that's the key: is the ve- the cost of the venue. And yeah. hours, because you yes. know, there was a couple times we rolled out of the guild like what after midnight. Oh we yeah, very easy. Close to it. Yeah, and but we had control of the keys and the, and the yeah. Thing. So it, it's possible. I think there's yeah. definitely enough gamers in the area, especially role playing. Yeah, to do it. But yeah, it's. I think it's a definite possibility. Well, I hope so because that the the Lakeland role playing guild was such a, it was just a nice fun group, and you know you had you know kids and you had mm-hmm. families and you had you know you'd have some board games going on over here you'd have some miniature games over here you'd have some you know D and other role-playing games going over here so like you had a good mix of everything and it was really beautiful while it was happening 100 percent agree yeah and what's great too is and maybe i'm just more attuned to it and maybe it's been there yeah. the whole time i got young kids now right so i've been looking at a lot of younger games right and you look at like um oh i wish i had like there's one actually it's called my first role-playing game or something it's literally a role-playing game for five-year-olds really 100 percent. it's like and it's really a neat concept so where i'm going with that's exactly that family atmosphere is there the the age range that you can get somebody to into gaming now right there's so many like accessible games oh yeah and honestly to be perfect like you bring somebody brand new into gaming sometimes the best thing to do is play a kid's game with them really i think i think so i mean because it's you get them over that hump yeah like especially role-playing um i think is 
probably the one of the hardest games to get people into. If, if, really? If I'm, I think so because you, you you explain it to somebody and they just kind of look at you and kind of go. I You've kind of got to do it to, exactly. to get it. No, and it can and be I intimidating. You drop yeah. a 5e or like even a three, a lot of 3.5, Pathfinder, all that. Yeah. Drop one of those character sheets in front of somebody who's never role-played. They're like, what the? You're either going to get somebody super yeah. excited in reading it or you're going to get somebody that's going to just glaze over and they're going to yeah. go, Ooh. But you get like a system like Savage Worlds or like I played a game of um, – oh, man, I wish I could remember the name. It was like – it was, again, geared towards kids. And yeah. it's, it's a little simpler, but we played a role-playing session with all ages – and I did it in the afternoon, and it just kept going. People were laughing. I'm happy people rolling dice. Right. It was literally like everything was a two plus. It was like nice. that simple. And you picked the, like uh, like one thing you're good at or two right. things you're good at, and then that you get a bonus for that. Oh, okay. It was just so loose, loosey-goosey. But I think those are the type of things, and people are aware of it, and they have so many gateway – I know people hate the – for some reason, you can't say gateway game anymore. This is a new really? thing. Yeah, because of the connotation. Oh, like, like gateway drug, I yeah. guess? Well, I mean, yeah, it, I it, like, it's it's an analogy that works. I mean, I don't. I'm kind of with yeah, you on that. I don't like, know why that yeah, something's going I, out of yeah. favor. I'm like, I think we're getting a little too sensitive at this point. Yeah. But yeah, so there's the entry level. What do you want? Whatever you want to call it, yeah. gateway game, entry level game, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's just so many of them. Introductory right game. Introductory maybe? game. There yeah. You go. Because let's be honest. I mean, like most people, most people game. Yeah. And I like one of my favorite memes. And I'm sure everybody's seen it. Is the one where they're like. Um, role playing, uh, like, so like they'll make say something like about role players are a bunch of nerds, right? yeah. And then you'll see a bunch of fantasy football dudes sitting around, yeah. And it's like this is role playing for jocks. It like, is. It is. Trust game. me. People I'm, understand I'm in a, it. a really big fantasy football league, the XFL fantasy football league, mm-hmm. and that is exactly what it is. Draft day to us, it, it might as well be like a role playing game because I'm gaming. sitting there with spreadsheets and mm-hmm. papers, and I've been doing homework, and I've been listening to you know 20 hours of podcast a week. To, like, get my stats and get all my numbers right. So, hopefully, I pick a good team. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, what are you into? Same thing with video games. Mm-hmm. I just love that here at Huracan, they really get to show a spotlight on the miniature hobby, the historical miniature hobby. But yep. also, you've got other games going on that are not the typical um you know, you got some fantasy and some sci-fi and some alternate history Absolutely. and like some other stuff mixed in there too, which is nice. It's it's my favorite thing about the shows because yeah. there was early on I remember um, there was that talk. Yeah, it was kind of like when the role players first showed up. I remember, oh my gosh, this is going back a minute. Okay, you've obviously talked to Scott Presley on this podcast before. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know if you've had Will, my brother-in-law, on, but um. No, I, Will's never been when on the show. I met them yeah. because Scott was coming to check out a con. Okay. He had Will with them, and okay. they were talking about bringing role-playing to HMGSL. Oh, That's really? how I met Scott. Oh, wow. I had known Scott. Right. I know he existed because he had the shop, and I would see him, and I'd buy stuff from him, but I never exchanged more than three words with other than 525, blah, 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 blah. Um, but he came, and Leon was the president at that time, and, and that, that, was a, that was a huge thing. Yeah. And I think um, – and then over then – People were like, oh, that's not historical, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I think what people learned was once that door was cracked, that's when war machines started showing up, and you started to see um, hordes. And then what happens is you get the 40K players show up. Yes. And they're playing 40K. And they're looking over, and they're seeing, like, the Battle of the Bulge laid out in this beautiful table. Right. And it's like, then they're like, well, how do I get into that game? Well, you sign up next time. You know, yeah. Or sign up tomorrow. we got an open slot. Or, hey, we'll make a slot for you. Right. Like, you talked about that on the last time when you were talking to Dom. Yeah. You guys were spot on. Yeah. It's like normally yeah. I will always book my table or set my table up with two slots less than I can handle. 
Okay. Normally. So, like, say if you can handle six players, you only let four people sign up. Exactly. So, you've got two floaters in case somebody walks up to the table last minute. hundred percent. And smart. for two reasons. Yeah. One, I might, if, if four experienced players sit down, okay, cool, I'll add two players. Yeah. But if four newbies sit down, I might be like, no, I'm full. I'm sorry. I can't yeah. take you. Because that, I think that's where a lot of jams make mistakes is sometimes they will get a little too, like, too welcoming. And then the game can kind of suffer because you'll have somebody that's never played before. Right. You know, that being said, that's the exception, not the rule. Right. I think most GMs, um, like, for example, like, um, I'm trying to think of who. You'll see, like, I was watching a game yesterday, and there was a really experienced player watching right. with me because I was kind of walked by, got interested, and we're sitting there talking. And the GM was doing something, and he goes, I don't think that's how that rule works. He kind of whispers yeah. to me, and I go, and I was watching, I go, he's cutting that rule. He cut that rule because he knew he had new players. Um, and that's another great GM technique. And because that's the other thing, too, is I love the con. I'm going to be all over the place. I'm no, like, you're fine. Um, and we have to have a safety word. If we start talking history, we need to have okay. a safety word. So okay. if I start going down the tangent of okay. history, you just say, like, pineapple. And okay. then I'll stop and go, oh, shake myself and come back to reality. But you'll see, like, these the GMs here are really experienced. Right. And I went to Gen Con one time, and I did a pickup playtest game. Right. Have you been to Gen Con yet? I've not, because that's where in North Carolina? It's in Indiana. Okay. You would probably like Gen Con. Okay. I think it's something like everybody should do once kind of thing. Like right. a bucket list if you're in gaming at all. Right. But I had a GM do a demo with me, and by the end of it, I was ready to take my own eyes. Yeah. He wasn't an experienced GM. He had no idea what he was doing. I do not have the experience here. Right. I, have, I can't remember ever playing a game where I looked at the GM afterwards and went, this guy. Yeah. And that's the, but that's that kind of those guys that, but that being said, when I was a new GM too, right. the players were just as forgiving. Yeah. And I, and that's kind of great too. It's like, oh, it's a funny story. Do you know Dwight? He runs the shop. Oh gosh. I'm going to butcher the name of his shop. He's the one who does the handmade terrain. He's in the back left corner. I don't, oh, but I, I saw the terrain. The terrain uh, looks beautiful. Oh gosh. I can't Jekyll and Hyde or Hyde and Jekyll. He has a, a yeah. I, 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 Dwight, if you listen to this, I apologize that I yeah. do not remember the exact name of your shop. It's been a long day. I just got finished GMing a game. Anyway. So the first, one of the first games I ever played of pig wars, okay. he was sitting next to me to okay. my right. And then it kind of like does a half moon around and doc, right. God rest, um, was running the game. I had no idea what I was doing. It's one of the first times been the con. I was in, I was noobing like yeah. double odd. Yeah. Capital letters, noob, right? Yeah. And he says, don't worry, I'll help you out. Okay. I said, cool. He's like, you want to do this? Want this? I'm going out there. And next time I'm losing dudes. I'm pulling dudes. Boom, 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 yeah. boom. And I'm like, crap. And I realized, I was like, Dwight's not losing a single dude, right? He used me as a human shield <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. But he taught me the game. And yeah. so by the end of it, he's like, all right, so now you got to feel for how Pig Wars plays. And I go, yeah, well, and he goes, I'll tell you what, why don't you help me carry this chest off and we'll split the goal from that, those those victory points from that. Yeah. I'm like, gee, thanks. So I'm like, my last Viking is like, yeah. and Pig Wars is a Viking historical game where it's okay. all about looting. Okay. So like literally I assign my guy and we carry this chest off. And I spent the last, last turn of the game just walking off the carrying him's chest. Yeah. Like his porter or something like that. Right. But the... Even then, I wasn't upset, but that right. was – he took the noob under his wing. He, I learned the game. We laughed. We had a good time. Yeah. And so, to me, that's the advantage of, say, a show like this. Again, no offense on Gen Con. Yeah. I love Gen Con. It's an amazing experience. But you have those salty gamers that can guide the noob. Right. you got the GMs that can go, oh, you're new? What have you played before? Okay, I know. And they can tailor the rules to make sure you're not getting overwhelmed. Right. Oh, it's just fantastic. Well, and it's definitely something that, that I want to put on, on – the bucket list. I do want to mention a name that you brought up, Doc. Mm -hmm. Love Doc. Doc was yeah. a great guy, and just want to say number one how much we love him, miss him. But two, 
that's what I love about this convention. We all become family. Yeah. You know, like we really do. Like maybe we only see each other maybe twice a year at these conventions or maybe some of us that live closer, maybe three or four times a year. But like you make these friendships and they last for life. Like me and Scott, I've known Scott since I was in middle school. So, I mean, that is a long time to know somebody. So, was his hair perfectly coiffed even back then? It actually was. Yeah. It's kind of impressive. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It was. Now that I I'm think thinking about it has about a ballistic it, yeah. rating. If That's maybe. my guess. I think it does. I think it's <laughs> just my guess. I'm yeah. not, I've not done an experiment for safety yeah. and liability reasons, but yeah. But I mean, it's it's just it's such a lovely time. That's why you guys got to come out to to Huracan and enjoy it. But tell me about what you've got going on with Firelock Games because we had the Firelock Games yeah. guys on earlier, and you can check them out. Just it, put Firelock Games in your Google machine. They've got a website. They they're on YouTube. They got Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. But what are you doing with, or what are you allowed to talk about? I guess would be um, the next it's, question. It's it's in yeah. the open. They okay. covered on their live stream. Um, okay. I'm not. I won't talk dates right now. Okay. I'll talk hopes and dreams okay. um so basically what ended up happening is a few years ago the 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 the, the gist of it is okay. i ran a big medieval game here right and i brought the castle out and i've known i've known the firelock guys they came for their very first kickstarter they showed up and out of nowhere they yeah. literally showed up one saturday night from miami dropped some their stuff on the table that they right. had been kind of prototyping and ran a game nice i backed the original kickstarter because i wanted the ships yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, I don't need another. Who needs another game to get into, right? Right. I guess was one of those was like responsible mode. Let me ask you a quick yeah. question before you go too far, and we'll try not to do take too much of what we call a side quest. Okay. What did you want the ships for? Was there oh, another game you were playing? I love that fantasy. You oh, okay. I, and I, I was actually, I had been wanting to do a fantasy pirate crew of like skeletons and you know ghosts and all that nonsense, and. At that time, like I said, I was really super heavy, and I had only kind of really cracked the nut on medieval history. So I, that was like one of the first. So fast forward. So anyway, so I saw that game. I said, "Back the thing." The next convention after the Kickstarter gets released, I play a demo of it, and I fell in love. Nice. Then I immediately went and flagellated myself for not backing the rules too. Yeah. And I was like, but so I was like, all right, I learned that lesson. It's fantastic. The rules. Fell in love with it. Fast forward. I run this historical game. I'm talking to Mike Tunez. And he's, we just talk history and stuff like that. And he saw, like, he probably saw that I was just getting excited about, I love the period. I, I really kind of, I had like a weird progression. Like, I think I'm like most people, I was introduced to Knights through D&D. &D. You probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know what I'm saying? That you learn about all that stuff through D&D. &D. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was prepping for this event, um, which I did with Scott and them the previous year. And then I ran this historical game, but I really sunk my teeth into medievals. So fast forward a few months. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is I get this invite on Facebook and I'm, and it's the, like the firelock, this is like secret. This is secret, super secret stuff yeah. now. All right, I might, I might. If you don't see me next weekend, it's I've disappeared under wrong. This probably isn't dropping <laughs> for like a month and a half. Okay, good. So I you, have, you, I have you month got left. six weeks to get your exit <laughs> All right. strategy. All right, cool. So uh, if I start feeling like I'm being tailed or something, no. But anyway, yeah. he started a group of um, people that are designed. Now this is public knowledge now. Yeah. So at that point, what they, what firelock realized is they, I think they had. And this is kind of conjecture on my part, but from picking up from them. Is allegedly. They kind of, allegedly. They allegedly, like, kind of maxed out their um, design capabilities as far as in-house. Right. Because there's a lot to it. So they started to, um, allow, like, uh, find people to freelance certain things. So, like, right. have you seen – when you know the booth, did you see, like, the for example, the uh, fantastic supplement they added to Blood and Plunder was the um, – 
uh, Fire on the Frontier, which covers like um, King William's War and all of no, that stuff that happens in the new the Northeast. Okay. Building up, you know, in the early, I think it was like mid. Oh gosh, I'm gonna get brutalized on the dates, but anyway. Rough, right around the time of Blood and Plunder, but my, it's not written by Mike. It's written okay. by two people from the community that had mm. shown a great interest, okay. big fans of the game, have a lot of knowledge of that area, and Mike kind of, um, oh, there's a, 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 it'll come to me eventually. But basically, said you guys write that supplement, stick to the base rules, and we're good to go. Yeah. So they kind of start to farm out some of those rules. Well, I get an invite to this, and and then I was like watching everybody's posts, and I just kind of said, anybody doing medievals? Yeah. And Mike's like. As a matter of fact, no. Switch. Then I'm like, okay, I'm pretty confident Mike invited me in the, to see if I would ask that question. Yeah. I'm pretty confident that's what happened. So that's where it started. And so basically what I ended up doing, or what I'm doing, is I'm writing, it's its own stand-alone set of rules in the same way Blood and Valor is a, uh, its own rules and Blood and Steel that just came out, which right. is another fantastic uh, set of rules. So it's a set of standalone set of rules that uses that core Blood and uh blood and plunder concept so i keep referring to the blood and x games because it's like filling the last word so mine covers the hundred years war so okay. it's like roughly so give like the, the 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 big names so right about I, it's a little technically a little before and this is where the safety word remember pineapple if okay. i start going too deep on this <laughs> but uh everybody knows of robert bruce or most people have heard of robert the bruce the scottish okay. the scottish king robert the bruce uh, netflix he did the um the outlaw king movie with um chris pine Okay. That's Robert the Bruce. Okay. Okay. And he's also in Braveheart, which is ridiculously historically inaccurate. He's the guy with the beard <laughs> and the and the historically yeah, inaccurate. It's horrible. And uh, the crown. He's the guy with the beard and the crown that okay. quote unquote betrays Wallace and then, or sort of betrays him. I don't know. Whatever. It's been a while since I've seen a movie. And then he's at the end uh, and he's overlooking the battlefield, doing his little like you know yeah. Scotland and all this. That dude. So okay. it's kind of it's the first war of Scottish independence, and then it's gonna take it takes you through officially the. And I wish I would have wrote some, made some notes, but nobody's going to care. I'm the only one. Um, there's a very not well-known battle uh, where basically the English are driven out of France. Okay. And some names along the way people might write Joan of Arc. Okay. For example, she's in my game. She's a legendary leader in my game. It covers Agincourt, which most people are familiar with. That's okay. the big battle in 1415, I think, in England, where Henry V, okay. Shakespeare, once more into the breach, all yeah. that stuff. Uh, it covers that. Um, it covers uh, uh, the Black Prince. Some people might be familiar with the Black Prince. He was um, he fought at uh, Cressy and Poitiers. Okay. He was the leader of Poitiers. He fought at Cressy. Uh, hugely famous dude, and um, in medieval circles, in small, very small medieval circles. Okay. <laughs> that I frequent. So my game kind of covers all those periods, and it does it slightly different than Blood and Plunder. It, uh, it like I said, that core is there. Of the offshoot games, it's probably the one that mostly overlaps in the Venn diagram of rules with Blood and Plunder. Yeah, when but, I had the Firelock ga game guys, Firelock game guys on, sorry, it's been a long morning of podcasting. Um, they were telling me in kind of the analogy I gave them is it's kind of like chicken. You can do 100 different things with chicken. So mm -hmm. it's like once you've got the base and you know the base can be chicken, you can do a hundred different things with it. And it's a wonderful analogy. Yeah, hundred percent. And, yeah. and that's kind of the way I see the rule set is you've got this base, but you've got a hundred different ways you can you can fry it, you can saute mm -hmm. it, you can you know blacken it, you can do whatever, and it's you, you've got the base if that makes sense. That's that's perfect. And the chicken in this case would be skirmish level. Okay. Primarily raid driven. Yeah. So what's nice about it is. Um, 
a lot of people like you know 40k right I'm right sure you've heard most people are familiar with stuff like 40k um i guess like uh kings of war is pretty popular well, kings of war is not the right example so 40k is like a skirmish game okay that's the closest analogy i know this is like terrible analogy gaming wise but the idea is i think that people can kind of grab on to that a little easier okay from a from a, an expense standpoint from an investment from an investment standpoint period i remember i was listening uh, have you ever watched the dice tower podcast i have not or listen or dice tower yeah. uh, not to say podcast but they do the dice tower youtube channel okay they're primarily board game famous by or board game uh focus i should say but he brought up an interesting concept in a video i watched where he's talking about they're talking about games that require investment yeah and most people think oh how much money is it going to cost me yeah and then one person like no nah, you have to look at the whole they were saying like you got to think of it's not just investment in time money or it's time preparing the models it's time mm -hmm. reading the rules it's time researching the rules researching maybe like especially historicals you know most people don't want their guys to look wrong right so you have to research so what's nice about blood and plunder and the blood and x systems is that your investment is relatively it's a good return on investment. Right. You can start small. You can fight a good game right. with a relatively few models on a relatively small place or space. Yeah. And then ramp it up like escalation leagues. Have you ever been in an escalation league? I've I never have, heard of them. I have not. But I'll, I'll tell you, talking to the Firelock guys, like what they were telling me, like that Kickstarter box they had, the $145 box. Mm -hmm. Like to me, I was like, that's brilliant because they said yeah. you've got all your rule books, you got two ships, you got two armies, you've got everything to play right out of the box. And what the analogy I made with them was, I was like, you know, if you got a family of four and you go to the movies and you get snacks and everything, you're looking at a hundred bucks. Yeah. You throw another forty five dollars on top of that, now you've got hours and nights of entertainment. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Yeah. And and I'm a obviously I love the history, but to me. What's okay? So like, perfect example okay. is like you put it next to the 40k box. Right. You buy the 40k box, you're gonna do the same thing, okay? Well, yeah. But here's the difference, in my opinion, the blood and plunder box. Not only you're gonna do everything you're talking about, you're gonna have yeah. replayability, all this. You're gonna spark in people an interest in history. Oh yeah. And that's what I think is the big difference, and I love, and I love the exactly. What, that's a great way to frame it. I think is a when you're from a selling point because you're right. It's a it's not that big of an investment. Granted, you might you you don't have to paint the miniatures either, you know. And it's like one of the things like you get you're so funny. You I'm sure you run into this before. You run into people who hate 2D terrain. I mean, I've like viscerally hate 2D terrain. Now, by 2D terrain, you mean like, like little tiles. oh tiles. What comes okay. in that two player starter set? Okay. Right? But here's what I would argue is that. Um, or, or an argument against that is that why that like why that box set's so awesome yeah is yeah it's a flat tile as opposed to like a nice 3d train model looking trees here's the difference it's very clear to see what the train where the train is yeah it's very easy to move models on and off right. so when you're learning a system like this it can be intimidating especially when you're doing line of sight and mm -hmm. you're doing all kinds of things and then you got people rules lowering well you can see three you can't if it's just 2d if it's hitting the tile, you know. Absolutely. And to, to circle back to something we were saying, and I don't want to be a hater for a 40K, but you buy that 40K box, yes, you've got the rules, and yes, you've got two very small, I wouldn't even call them armies, almost like squads, and, but you're still going to have to buy the Kodaks. Like, if you're like, oh, it I want to be the yeah, Space the investments will, now yeah. I've got to go buy the Kodaks, and now if I really want to play, I've got to go buy more miniatures. Out of that Blood and Plunder box – it's good to go. Yeah. Like, I mean, you've got two full armies, and you can just add things if you feel like it. 
like if you just want to have yes. fun and add more. But I mean, you can have legitimate like battles and just good to go out the box. Hundred percent. And again, I, you, yeah. you, you're absolutely right. I don't want to hate on 40k. I love. I love 40k. It's just I, it's super expensive. I personally stopped yeah. playing it just for my own personal my tastes have just changed. And plus, doing this with Blood and Crowns, it's and by the way, the name of it's Blood and Crowns. I don't think I even said that. Yeah. Uh, so I'll probably get dinged for that later. But um, so Blood and Crowns is the the period I'm working on. It's more I I haven't been able to play other games just because I'm yeah. so focused on that. I love 40k. is is It's a neat neat system. But you, yeah. exactly what you're talking about. And there's a little bit built into there too is uh, the 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 miniatures that you get for like 40k or some other games are right. like they have to be that. Yeah. Or otherwise it's weird. Yeah. What's cool about the period of Blood and Plunder is like that guy could be three used in three different units. One yeah. dude he they they just move around. It's so fluid and flexible. Right. Uh, that you're right. You get so much bang for your box or bang, bang, bang for, for, for your buck, buck out of the box. Out of the box. Yeah. That's all. Bang for your bang for your buck out of the box. All right, we're gonna have a competition. Okay. Like, let's see who can say that the most times in a row, <laughs> and then the loser has to buy beer. Or yeah, there you go. But I, I mean, like I love it. And the other thing I told them when they were on is I said their miniatures are so beautiful. Like prime example, yeah. I have Parkinson's. I can't paint the miniatures. It just ain't mm-hmm. happening. I can just set them up, put them on the base, bang, yeah. run them, and they still look good. Hundred percent. So, and I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. A lot of miniatures look good. I just really like the way theirs look, like right out the box. Like I could throw them on the base, and I'm like done. Like looks great. It, that's always like if I was gonna say there's one con. Yeah. To miniature gaming is the subjective factor, yeah. but you're right. They've done an amazing job. What's wonderful about them that, and I don't know if they touched on this, so stop me if they had, but they went through incredible painstaking efforts to make it as historically accurate as yes they absolutely could yes and that was one of the things that like so i think i was telling was i telling you i think i was talking to you okay. is uh i think one of the best shell games or whatever you want to the switcheroos or whatever played on the miniature gaming world in the last few years is firelock because mike tunez sold us a pirate game that isn't focused on pirates yes until now, until like, now, the, the box yeah. that is hundred percent Blackbird versus Blackbird, Blackbird, Blackbeard, Blackbeard Beard versus Maynard. Maynard. Um, which, if anybody's unfamiliar with that, it's a great. You can go look at it. It's they gave a, us a oh, whole history lesson oh, good. Okay. on I'm the not episode, right. so you don't have to worry about good. it. Good. Yeah, that yes, he's a pirate. Yeah, but the whole first chunk of Blood and Plunder, the original release, yeah. all the original models, all very little pirates. Yeah, almost none. Yeah. Oh, my first force was an English privateer. Almost people were doing French privateers, yeah. Spanish, uh, Spanish usually the privateers, but the the, the Garda Costa. But I just thought it was the greatest thing ever. It's like we bought it as a pirate game, and then right. we all got excited about non pirates. Yeah, and it, and it, but that goes back to what we were saying earlier is like that catalyst for learning the history. And I knew nothing about the period. Yeah, and uh, so I'm the type of person that. If I'm gonna play a historical game, I'm like buying the books, I'm yeah. reading and reading and researching, and I I go pretty probably deeper than any normal human being should go. But well, you want to be accurate, yeah. And I and I'm a nut. So yeah. <laughs> well, people get that way. Some people get like really really into it and like want it to be accurate and want it to look mm-hmm. great. And then some people are like me, or like I just want to play and have fun. And if it means we've got to crib a rule here or there just to make it streamlined and make it easier, yeah. do it. Because I just want to have a good time. And that's kind of the genius behind Blood yeah. and Plunder. Both people could sit across the table from each other, both people in those categories, right. and walk away with a fantastic gaming experience. You don't have to be a nut on the history right. to enjoy that game. You can get it. It's 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 intuitive. And yeah. that, that's the thing, too, is like 
40k that's one thing i love about 40k it's it's pretty easy to explain yeah you're a guy in a big suit you're shooting that guy you don't like him okay yeah. cool it doesn't take a whole lot of explanation yeah and same thing with blood and plunder those guys are attacking and it's just like, so it's yeah. very intuitive and you're right it plays fast it's yeah. it, it's mike and i were talking about this yesterday um and probably because i'm in this headspace but like i was t- i was trying to pinpoint at one point why i grabbed on a 40 or for why i grabbed on a 40k and why yeah. i grabbed on to games like um armadi and games like blood and plunder as opposed to other systems and right. what i realized was it's the bite it's how it's like are you biting into a tough piece of meat are you right. biting in something that's just raw and weird yeah or are you getting oh that's a good medium rare steak. yeah like it's got good flavor yeah, yeah. It's just enough to really get your sink your teeth into, yeah. and that it's that weight of the game is in the it's in the sweet spot. It's a yeah. cross section, so if you have a gamer that loves like the super intricate, I mean, you see, yeah, you love them. I love them to death. They come all the time. Uh, the Secret guys. Yeah. Have you sat down and watched a game of Secret? Yeah. That's crazy. It's intense. It's like super it's intense. intense, and it's as somebody who I would say, I wouldn't. I'm definitely not a newbie, but I'm definitely wouldn't say experienced. I'd say I'm intermediate. Yeah. Is it, a good place to put me. It's intimidating watching it. I'm like, I don't know if I can walk into that without just like, you know, I'd have to have somebody like hold my hand the whole way through. 100%. Yeah. I'm the same. It's a heavyweight. It can be a yeah. heavyweight game. Yeah. Now, they did a set of lighter rules that that group did, but um, I can't remember. Master of the Fleet, I think it's called. Yeah. I haven't got a chance to look at that one. But one of the, yeah, the Sea Creek, it's a heavyweight game. Then you got yeah. your lower weight games. Yeah. It came from Beyond the Still. Did you play that one time? Didn't you? Or did you were you in that game? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's literally people fighting over alcohol, aliens are landing. Um, well, I saw one like hillbillies that this, and, this weekend and it was like trailer park wars yes, or something like that. It's like something like that. Yeah. 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 The trailer park apocalypse. Apocalypse or something. But you can get people that play both of those and they'll meet in the middle on something like Blood yeah. and Thunder. Or Blood and hopefully Blood and Crowns, you know. Um, Blood and Valor and stuff yeah. like that. So it's like I said, the weight of the game, and and you kind of mentioned, you touched on a really uh, important word. I think is that people get intimidated. Yeah, and it, it's perfectly natural. If anybody's listening and you're yeah. looking at the miniature games and you're like, hey, don't worry about it. Yeah, you, especially if you come to a con like here, go to a shop. Yeah, the people want to teach you. Yeah, that was the one thing I realized when I was kind of starting out. I was nervous. I was like, oh, this looks so, you know, complicated. Looks, yeah, it looks complicated. It's not as complicated as it looks. For one. Yeah. Number two, the people we want to teach you the game. Yeah. We know that you know we talk about the graying of the hobby. I mean, let's look. We're being perfectly blunt. Yeah. We're all getting older. I'm not getting any younger. Yeah. We want younger people to come in. We want new people to come in. Whatever. Well, we need fresh blood. Yeah. I mean, because if not, the hobby will die. Exactly. I mean, so people want you to be here. That's the yeah. number one. I think that's the number one thing I could tell people is if you're nervous about coming, just come. We want you here. Yeah. We absolutely want you here. The other thing is you are going to mess this up. Yeah. One thousand percent. You're going yeah. to do something in a game that is absurd. Yeah. But what I've learned is, one, nobody cares. Yeah. And number two, that's the stuff you're going to talk about five years from now. Yeah. It's going to be the, hysterical. That's, that's going to be the story that you tell after the con. It's like, oh, you know, when I messed up that uh-huh. rule or, oh, like I did this thinking that it was going to be this thing, but it turned out it was this thing and it yeah. totally blew up in my face. Like, yeah. hundred percent. My biggest failure, one of my biggest failures, the game we've talked about, like I've, told, I've talked about like five people this weekend. We played a big game of Blood and Plunder, all right. ships. I was I didn't know what I was I'm, yeah I, I was in the army not in the navy yeah so I was like I told my brother-in-law you go first and I'll just go after you yeah so he moves I'm not paying attention and I go oh oh boy I was forced to move my ship right As right per the rules you have to keep moving ships that are being pushed by the wind because that's right. wind is funny that way yeah it's gonna keep pushing you whether you like it or not sunk them 
Really? Rammed him. He was in a little longboat. I was in a sloop. Slammed in his ship. He rolls. His whole the whole boat sinks. Eight guys out of the action immediately. One shot. Boom. Yeah. Because and I was like, ooh, okay. They, <laughs> so yeah. Every they harass me to it this day. We laugh about it. Yeah. It's just like, but. But that's Nobody the fun. Yeah. That's the fun of the. We convention. lost that game miserably too. I mean, <laughs> mis- I was the admiral. It was like the, my whole team is looking down the table and be like, "What yeah. is happening right now?" I'm like, yeah. "We'll figure it out later, I guess." Yeah. But we were playing against the firelock guys. Yeah. So I'm blaming on the, they wrote the game. So clearly. Win. <laughs> well, guys, this has been a, a fun time. Just kind of telling stories about the convention. We want to give a big shout out to HMGS South for having us here and letting us celebrity guests at the convention. We want to give a big shout out to firelock games. Go find them. You just put it in your Google machine. They're on Facebook. They've got their own website. They're on YouTube. They're on Instagram. Go check them out. And where can they find you in the Just Ice League at? Mr. The Just Ice, we have a public Facebook page. They, it's just search for Just Ice League. Yeah. Just Dice League. Let me yeah. show you. So, uh, and then keep an, uh, follow all the Firelock. Every game of Firelock has a dedicated group. Yeah. Um, as things get closer for Blood and Crowns, we're going to open up a dedicated group for Blood and Crowns. So if you're right. super interested in a medieval period or you just want to get a jump on this now, yeah. join those groups. Keep an eye on there. I'm sure they'll announce it on the Firelock page. Yeah. And that's probably the best ways you can find us. Well, definitely. Guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you a little later.